freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, July 1st, 2012. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. We have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be continuing to discuss the occult mockery through symbolism and language of the police and the military and the people who populate those institutional bodies who think they are in a position of control but in fact are wholly owned by their masters and continuously, ritualistically, and symbolically mocked by those masters. Whether they understand that or know it or not, that is exactly what is taking place. And I'm going to be continuing to go through an extensive slideshow depicting how this occult mockery, in fact, works. That's coming up today on What on Earth is Happening. I have a couple of quick event announcements. I will be interviewed next Friday evening, July 6th, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, by Karen Quinn Tostado of UnitedWeWin.me on the Rents Radio Network as part of Charlie McGrath's WideAwakeNews.com. This will also be simulcast on WolfSpiritRadio.com. So look for that on Friday, July 6th, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. The websites you could visit are UnitedWeWin.me and wideawakenews.com. I have put up an ad-free sponsorship for the show since no one, uh, no one individual decided to go ahead with an ad-free sponsorship for three months for the show. So there is now a chip-in effort. It's in the, the, the news section. The top news item uh, says, help make the What on Earth is Happening radio show ad-free. For people who don't like the, uh, the ads, the commercials during the show, we have an opportunity to uh, do away with them, uh, but we need to support the network as far as bandwidth costs go. So um, 
for a three-month commitment, the network has agreed that they would uh, do that uh, to remove all of the ads for the show. So there is a chip-in effort. You uh, can click the email address on that page, on that news item page, and get in touch with me, and I will uh, explain to you how to make a donation to add to the chip-in effort. We have $200 raised so far. The goal is $1,350 for a three-month time period. So um, if you're interested in that, visit the What on Earth is Happening website, and you'll see that as the top item in the news section. Coming up to our first break, I have a couple other quick event announcements, and then we'll get into our subject matter. Stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Of another quick event announcement, this is the uh, big conference coming up this summer here in the city of Philadelphia, and it's uh, already upon us next weekend. July 7th and 8th is the Tesla Science Conference, the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, uh, the four-day celebration known as the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for 2012. The, there are three separate events that are going to be comprising the Energy Independence Celebrations for this year. The Tesla Science Conference on July 7th and 8th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Ruba Hall, the site of the Free Your Mind Conference last year. 414 Green Street, Philadelphia, PA. Tickets only $25 per day in advance or 30 at the door. Tickets are available via PayPal at teslasciencefoundation.org. A social gathering will also be held in the cabaret room at Ruba on both days following the conference until 2 a.m. There will be an awards ceremony and concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble, a classical ensemble based around the electronic instrument known as the theremin. This will happen on July 7th. 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. also at Ruba Hall. Tickets are only $12 for the concert. It is a separate ticket. The Tesla night birthday party featuring live music and the demonstration of several Tesla coils on July 9th into the 10th from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Independence Visitor Center on Independence Mall. Fifth and Market Streets here in Philadelphia. This event is free to attend. For more information on the Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for 2012, please visit the Tesla Science Foundation website at teslasciencefoundation.org. Looking forward to a great event next weekend here in Philadelphia. So, <clears throat> that's all the event announcements I have. Let's get into our subject material for today, which is the occult mockery of the police and military. This is part of our ongoing coverage of the non-support of dominators solutions section in the uh, grassroots solutions for real positive and lasting change that I am putting forward in the section of what on earth is happening called the way out, the way out of the 
degraded form of consciousness which humanity is living and dwelling in on a day-to-day -day basis on this planet. The non-support of dominators is critical to getting out of that low, debased consciousness, understanding that we all own ourselves and that no one is master of another. The idea of sovereignty, of understanding self-ownership. And if you would direct your attention to the radio show tab of the What on Earth is Happening website if you're not already listening from that location. Go to whatonearthishappening.com, click the radio show tab. Underneath the player on that page, there will be images for today's show. And then underneath that, you will see an extensive uh, a presentation of slideshow images. There's 148 images that we'll be working our way through. I started this last week, got up to about image number 20, and we will be picking it up uh, from there today. So um, I want to begin with image number 19 for those who will be following along with the slides. Um, you will also notice that underneath the images there will be uh, a link with a PDF document, a link to a PDF document that is 7.7 .7 megabytes. You can download that and follow it from there, opening that up on your uh, local computer if you wish. The only thing that will differ is uh, some of the numbers of the slides will differ because uh, some of these images are animated uh, GIF images showing a little bit of animation with some of the of the symbolism so um, in that in those instances the numbers will not uh, will not be uh, in sync with the numbers I'll be calling out on the show because I'll actually be using the images that are listed in the uh, slideshow underneath the slideshow images so uh, just take note that there is a little bit of a discrepancy there so I'm starting with image number 19 in the slideshow images and this is a picture of a group of hypnotized individuals, people who have been put under a spell. They are essentially unconscious and are open to suggestion, not actively really thinking, not actively really using their powers of judgment, of logic, of intuition, etc., but they are essentially asleep, they're in a trance, and they are going to go along with whatever programming is suggested to them. That's what generally a trance state is all about. That's what a hypnotic trance state is. And this is what we began uh, at, the, at the end of last week to explain, I, I was explaining to people what the dark occultists of the world the Satanists, the dark Luciferians, the people who are really controlling institutionalized structures at their highest levels. This is how they think of the general public as completely and utterly asleep, unconscious, and they have a name that they generally call people like this, who don't know what's going on, who are essentially in a trance-like condition and are wandering through their lives in that state of mind, who don't care who don't take any real action to change anything for the better, to actually take off their chains of enslavement and servitude and actually live like free beings. Um, they call people like that the dead. And this is depicted in image number 20. 
This is the, the slide I believe we left off on last week, or maybe we got to image number 21. So that's their name for the average person, the dead. And there's a reason that they call people the dead. It is their rationalization for this term is because they happen to understand what consciousness, how it expresses itself, the, the components of the expression of consciousness in the physical world being our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. In other words, mind, spirit, and body. This is shown on image number 21, these three integrated components of consciousness, which we have to activate every one of them. We have to activate our mind, our spirit, and our body, bring them into unison with each other so that there's no contradiction between these three aspects of consciousness, these expressions of consciousness. And since the general sleeping population is not activated in any one of these capacities, they don't have knowledge about what's really taking place either within or around them. So mind is not activated through their thoughts. Okay, they don't have actual intelligence, not just left brain intellect, not just right brain intuition, but the coming together of these two integrated components of intelligence to, to birth real intelligence into being. They don't have that because they haven't read and studied enough. They don't have true care. The spirit is unborn within them. They don't care enough to truly enlighten themselves, to educate themselves. And they don't have action. They're not actually taking measures in the physical world to change things for the better. We'll pick it up on this point on the other side of the break. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. We're talking about the occult mockery of the police and military today on the show. We're going to be getting into symbolism today as part of this slideshow. You can check out all of the slides at whatonearthishappening.com slash radio, the radio show page of my website. We're on image number 21 talking about why the dark occultists of the world call the people of earth the dead because they don't have activated within themselves the three integrated components of consciousness, thoughts, emotions, and actions. And as such, they consider them not really truly living, not truly alive. If you're unconscious, you don't have the aspects of consciousness born within you, then you are for all intents and purposes dead to them in their mind. Again, this is how they see it. And again, no belief is required on anyone's part about any of this. I'm explaining to you what they believe, okay? This is a key concept that you need to keep in mind, that other people can believe in something that you absolutely don't believe in and still be acting on it. So then it's important to understand what, what they believe and why their actions are driven by those beliefs. You know, why are they taking certain actions? Well, it's because they have certain beliefs. 
what people hold in their mind drives how they behave. And so for somebody to say, well, I don't believe in that, so it's not important for me to understand it or for me to know that this is going on, is nonsense. Because other people are be believe in this and are acting on it. So your belief is irrelevant when it comes to this. I'm explaining to you what dark occultists believe. So from firsthand experience, which we talked about last week as well, you know, I'm not making this up. I'm not just suggesting to you that this might be what they believe. I know that it is what they believe because I was involved with them myself. So image number 22 shows you the two groups of people that they consider infinitely beneath who they call the dead, who they hate, detest, and despise millions of times worse, if I could calculate it. It's, it's probably not even able to be calculated. The amount of contempt that they hold these two groups of individuals in, in comparison to the people that they call the dead, quote unquote, is infinitely more contempt okay, how they consider the police and the military. They hate them and loathe them far beyond the average person because they know that they are so degraded and low in consciousness that they are actually helping to put the chains on their own people. They're helping. They're willingly doing it willingly putting shackles and chains on their own children, on their own family members, and on themselves. And see, the reason they hate this so much about them, there's a psychological reason this is. It's projection. Again, this is more psychological projection. The dark occultists know how much ultimately, wh whether they know it consciously or not, subconsciously in their mind, they know how much they're ultimately duped cosmically in the grand cosmic scheme of things. And they ultimately hate themselves for allowing themselves to fall into the level of being duped that they even have. See, you know, when we think, oh, they're in control, really, they're not in control like we talked about in the allegorical um, movies section when we covered things like Star Wars, how there is no real ruler or master. Everybody in that chain of hierarchy, in that chain of obedience, is a slave. Even if you get all the way up to Vader, he's a slave to the emperor, and the emperor himself is a slave. He's a slave to the dark side of the force. Yeah, people can argue, well, in the physical body, he has no masters, but he has a master, all right, and that is the dark side of the force, owns and controls him like a puppet. So these so-called elitists, these so-called powers that be, they ultimately are duped at a cosmic level, and they are controlled by dark forces that don't really operate in a physical body. You could call them principalities. You can call, call it the force of fear itself. However you want to look at it, they're ultimately owned to these so-called masters of the dark occult. They are just as owned as everyone else in this system who gives themselves over to this system of obedience. And so they need somebody to hate even more than they hate themselves. See, this is psychological projection. We project and hate what we hate in ourselves the most, especially when we subconsciously know that we're ultimately duped. 
And the people you see here in image number 22 all really truly subconsciously know that they're duped. The subconscious mind is really all-knowing. And they're trying to take it out on somebody else, which is why they just get pointed in a direction. You put a weapon in their hand of a uh, automaton goblin-like creature that have, has been created by the dark, their dark occult masters. And you put a weapon in their hand, you point them and say, go and attack and uh, you know, take out your frustration for being owned and allowing yourself to be owned on someone else who you consider below you. It's this ab abuse victim cycle that we talked about on previous shows. So the dark occultists projecting their psychological hatred for themselves onto the police and military have a name that they have given to these two groups of individuals who obediently and unwaveringly conduct their bidding for them. These are the people with all the blood on their hands, not the people at the high levels that we em em envision sitting in a dark room plotting and planning. These are the people who actually carry out their orders, who carry out their dark plans. So I've said repeatedly, these are the um, creators of the dark new world order, not the so-called elitists. It is the police and military who are creating that structure of enslavement by their actions. Yes, there's planners for that, okay? But, you know, the architects don't build the building, ladies and gentlemen. The construction people build the building, the architects may plan the building, but they don't actually get in there and build it. That's done by the contractors who actually do that work. So what we have to understand is these are the people by their actions who are building the world of enslavement. And the, the dark occultists have a name for them, and you can see that in slide number 23. They call them our dogs. And this isn't a term of endearment like yo dog, okay, you know, a, a street term for a friend. It means you're my pet. You are my pet and I own you. I own your body. I own your mind, therefore I own your body. You do whatever I say, whenever I say, on command. I give a command, you react. And therefore they call them our dogs. I have also... Um, slightly less frequently heard them referred to by the dark occultists as our pets. Our pets. But they, they specifically like the term dog because they consider a dog a very obedient animal once it is well trained. And that's how they look at these two groups of individuals. And you could clearly, if you can at least for a moment, put yourself into that dark mindset understand why they do this, why they refer to them as this. It's, it's very understandable, at least to me. You have a people who are a group of people who are well-trained, who want to attack, and who will listen to whatever orders they're given, no matter how wrong they are. And that's not a human being. That's an animal. That's what an animal is and does. So the term makes sense if you're honest with yourself about what these people really do. We'll pick it up from this point on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, where today we're exposing the dark occult mockery of the military and police. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about the dark occult mockery of military and police personnel. Be covering this topic probably for the next couple of weeks. We're on slide number 24 in the what at the what on earth is happening.com radio show page. I put this slide in here to remind people that these are the people who ultimately need to be reached. You're not going to stop. Maybe you might eventually be able to stop the progress of the dark new world order if enough people stepped up, but you're not going to stop a extremely harsh pathway that is attempting to lead us into the dark new world order unless you reach these individuals. It may ultimately still be able to be stopped, but not without enormous bloodshed. It may be able to be stopped without that kind of bloodshed if we can reach the hearts of these groups of people because ultimately they are its builders. And if that offends you, good luck. Get as offended as you like, and that's not my problem. You need to understand through their actions, they're the ones who are making it. And that's inescapable, absolutely inescapable. And anyone who doesn't understand that or doesn't want to admit that is an apologist for the people who actually do wrongdoing. And you're never going to get anything done by apologizing for people who continue to follow orders. The whole dynamic of following orders is the problem, folks. That's what the problem is. That anybody would say, all of my actions are, I'm attempting to give up control over my actions to someone else. That's the nature of the problem right there because that's the abandonment of personal responsibility and you can never really give that up. It's not possible. You can try all you want, but ultimately you're still responsible for your actions. And as such, these are the people who are building the enslavement reality that they're going to have to live in, that their children are going to have to live in, that their families are going to have to live in, and they're the ones making it. They are the actual creators of what we call the dark new world order. Whether you like that or not, whether that offends you, whether you get all emo emotionally crazed because someone told that to you, doesn't make it untrue. It isn't the people at the top who's ultimately building this system. It's the people at the bottom who are building this system. So we need to know and understand that. Come to grips with it psychologically and, and emotionally. And then maybe we'll be able to start reaching these people or reaching what was once people that it has now become something that is post-human in its form without actual care, without actual thought, and without any attempting to give up all responsibility for their actions because they don't want to do that work of bearing responsibility for what they actually do. So I told people in the original presentation of this slideshow at the Free Your Mind conference last year that the, the symbolism that is employed in the mockery of these individuals is largely subtle until you really can see it and you understand it then it's not even so subtle but to a non-initiate in the occult it's quite subtle it isn't going to jump out at you like image number 25 
the U.S. Navy base at Coronado Island, San Diego, in the shape of a Nazi swastika. And it is indeed the Nazi incarnation of the swastika, the inverted swastika, not the original swastika of the Indus Valley traditions that uh, indicated good fortune and peace and prosperity. But this is the swastika turned sideways, turned around 180 degrees um, that the, the Third Reich put forward as their main symbol here in the United States. Because National Socialism is alive and well, just as as prospering and flowering as it ever was at the height of the Third Reich. And if you don't understand that, you're also an, a very naive fool and you haven't done your homework because there's so much abundant evidence to support the idea that socialism is what has the world in its grips. I call it fascio-socialism because it's a blend of fascism and socialism. Socialism is the control of the means of production. Fascism is the, the form that, that the government is going to take on to control that means of production. So that's, that's all it's ultimately about. It's a blend between these two forms of authoritarianism. And national socialism plays a huge role in it. And we have to understand that what we have in this country is creeping socialism called Fabian socialism, which ultimately snakes its way and worms its way into the full establishing of something like national socialism. These people didn't give up, you know, like, like, oh yeah, you, you beat us militarily. So let's just, let's just lay down our ideology too, since we couldn't uh, storm our way all the way across Europe and then across the Atlantic. No, people like that give up easily, right? They give up that easy. People need to read the works of Joseph Farrell and other researchers who have really talked about the fact that national socialism is, is as alive as it has ever been and it's wa has waged and largely won its ideological war of infiltration against its, its enemies. And we're too stupid to see that as a people, as a nation even though symbols like this are erected right in front of our eyes and we, we don't see it or think somehow that's accidental. Yeah, that's accidental. Sure. Mm-hmm. Tell me another one. Keep believing that. It's, 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 these are psychological infants. These are babies. Babies who think like this because they don't want to accept that it's true. They don't want to embrace the horror of where they're already at. And that's what a baby does. It, it pulls its, it, you know, a ch little child pulls the blankie up over its head and it, it says, oh, I've pulled the blankie up over my head and therefore the world went away. The monster's not there anymore. See how that works? Yeah, it works like that. Yeah. So let's get back into the discussion of the symbolism because the symbolism requires a deeper understanding from an occult perspective, from an initiate's perspective, one who has been initiated into what these symbols mean to the occultists. Again, people are all about this ridiculous notion, well, it doesn't matter, that's just a, a shape and it can mean what I think it means or what you think it means. No, that isn't how it works. You're wrong. You're incorrect. 
because occultists have very specific definitions and very specific connotations that they use these symbols to represent. And they're not ambiguous. They're not open to interpretation. They mean what the occultist intends it to mean. And if you don't understand their interpretations of these symbols, just making up what you think it means holds no weight. It holds no water. You need to understand how they think of it. Then you can understand why they're using it in certain instances and situations. Then it make, it clicks. It makes sense immediately. But if you don't understand how they think about these things, you're going to be lost trying to interpret or read this language. There's a connotation that they use it as, and that is important. It is important because you're getting into their head, understanding how they think. You can see how they're using it against people, subconsciously, psychologically. Archetypes, symbols, they have an effect in the world, on the psyche, on the mind. Even if you don't consciously recognize that or not, Form has an effect. You build a building with a certain form, it will produce a certain resonant energy. The people who, who go into that building will feel that resonant energy. We're not separate from our surroundings. The same is true when it comes to symbolism. They, it's not an accident that they put these in certain instances and situations. What do you think they do it? because they just like the looks of them or like the shape and they're not using it for a specific purpose? You think these people do anything without a specific intent or purpose behind it? They just do things randomly. Yeah, that's why they got into the positions of power and control and influence that they are currently abiding in because they do things randomly, right? Sure. Again, this is, it's a psychological infant's interpretation of what's being done. And the most left-brained among us are the most hardcore when it comes to interpretations like this, when it comes to symbolism. Because they've been intellectually duped by the indoctrination system, and they want to think that they're so smart, and that there's no such thing as all of this bunk. This is all nonsense to them. Well, let me tell you something, your owners are using it for a very specific purpose, and they know how to use it. And that's why they own your ass quite frankly. So keep thinking it's all just, it, it doesn't have any bearing on anything, whether you believe in it or not. Keep thinking that. Welcome back, everyone, to this What on Earth is Happening here on the talking about the occult mockery of the police and the military and why the dark occultists put certain symbolism into these institutions. It's not because they like how it looks, because they think it looks pretty. It's first to evoke a specific psychological effect in the subconscious mind. And this is what people don't understand and all the left brain idiots out there who think they know everything because they, you know, have their belief system in place 
and they understand and they think that because they don't believe in the religion that the dark occultists believe in that that makes it untrue or that not even makes it untrue that that makes it not affecting anything in the world it can't have any sway over anything and nothing could be farther from the truth again you don't need to believe in someone else's belief system for them to be willing to act upon it. And you don't need to believe that symbolism is holding some sort of an effect over the subconscious mind through form for it to actually be doing that. Especially on people who know nothing about these forms. Who know nothing about archetypal energies. These are the pe people say, oh, ignorance is bliss or what, what you don't know can't hurt you. It's exactly the other way around. The more you don't understand about these forms, the more you're going to be likely to be susceptible to them. Because you're not reading the symbolism that's contained in that symbol, that, that actual archetypal form. So let's look at the first one that they use repeatedly. And it's the five-pointed star otherwise known as the pentagram. In image number 26, the pentagram is shown in its what is called pure or original form, an upright pentagram with the three points facing up and two points facing downward. Each one of the points represents one of the forces of nature, the physical aspects and then in its highest place in the highest part of the pentagram the spirit or what is also called ether in certain traditions so you have earth air water and fire being the four lower points of the pentagram the physical world the components that comprise matter but these are also about the components of consciousness earth would be the physical body and then um, air is the intellect the thoughts water is the emotions the spirit uh, the, the not the higher aspect of spirit but the spirit in which we do things our emotional qualities then fire is our actions and finally, spirit, with a capital S, reigns above them all. That there is a higher aspect than just the physical world realities of earth, air, water, and fire. And spirit is this fifth element, this quintessence, the fifth essence of everything that underlies all of the others. This is what we have to understand the single point of the pentagram represents. The balance point, in other words. And this is the aspect that it is intended to be in. Upward, upright, with the spirit reigning. The spirit taking precedence over the others. Not in the sense that you ignore the physical world, reality, but in the sense that there is a higher reality than just the one that you're calling physical, solid. It isn't actually solid. Spirit gives it form. Spirit gives it motion. And therefore, that's why the ancients would place this top point at the highest part of the pentagram. 
you will often see an image of a man slash woman in the middle of the pentagram. And I say man slash woman because it's really the coming together of these two forms. It's the masculine and feminine combined, which enlightens the individual, not in an androgynous sense of male and female combined, but masculine and feminine forces combined. In other words, the left brain uniting with the right brain in conjunction with the heart, with care. And there you see the extremities of the being representing the, in image number 27, the four elements with the head crowned with light. The shin character here is light. And let's go into this um, esoteric depiction of an upright pentagram. You have the tetragrammaton, the four-letter name of the creator inscribed yod he vav he at the four lower points of the pentagram then at the top one you have a shin character at the very head or apex of the pentagram well yod he vav he spells jehovah or yahweh but when you put the shin character in the middle of it you have the word yeshua or yehoshua and that is the name of jesus yeshua so this is symbolic of if spirit is in its proper place and understood, we are in the world but not of it. As the dictates in the New Testament, the words ascribed to Jesus point us in that direction. That's the, the way of being in the world, that we should be approaching life. Not as attachment to the ego, as attachment to the physical body only. So this is about the spirit being the prime essence and being the motivating force within the individual, even though he's still in a physical body, being in the world, but not of it. The testimony to man's spiritual nature. In other words, a human being is a spiritual being having the human or physical experience, but primarily they are a spiritual being. And that's what this is symbolizing. That's what the pentagram, especially with the figure in the middle of it, symbolizes. And again, it doesn't matter whether you believe that that's the case or not. This is the convention that occultists have taken the pentagram to mean. That is their belief system, whether you like it or understand it or know it or not. That's how it is being used. So, let's look at the inversion of this form, the inverted pentagram as it is known as. So here you see an image number 28. This is the inverted pentagram, also known as the Baphomet, when it is inscribed with the goat head. This is the official emblem of the organization called the Church of Satan, which I was a former priest in. Again, you see Hebrew characters around the outside, characters from the Hebrew alphabet on, around the outside of the inverted pentagram. They start at the, lo the lower point, which is the primary point, the first point being the, the inverted point at the bottom. That's the character Lamed. If we move toward the right because Hebrew goes from right to left so they're actually 
writing it from the bottom and then going around counterclockwise. So if you go to the right-hand point, that is the Vav character, and then up at the upper right, that is Yod, then at the upper left, that is Tav, and then at the uh, lower left, that is Nun, final Nun. So we put those together. Lamed is L, Vav is V, Yod is would be an I or Y sound, uh, uh, an I, I guess, would be the most appropriate. Then Tav is T, and final Nun is N. So it spells Leviathan in Hebrew. The beast, Leviathan. In the middle, you have the goat. This represents fertility. This represents strength. And it mostly represents the earth. This is about the physical world taking precedence to the spiritual world. That is their belief system, that the physical world is all that really matters. And we're going to destroy the spirit. That's what the new world order is about, a secular order with the destruction of spirituality, the destruction of the understanding of the higher aspect, the higher essence of human spiritual nature. So we'll pick up this understanding of the inverted pentagram right from the horse's mouth, the former high priest of the Church of Satan, on the other side of this break. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into hour number two. We're talking about the occult mockery of the police and military. We were looking at image number 28, which shows the inverted pentagram. Let's take a look at image number 29, which is a quote from Anton Sandor LaVey, the founder and high priest of the Church of Satan from his book, The Satanic Bible. I highly encourage people to read The Satanic Bible, not because I want you to uh, put into practice anything that's talked about in the book, but because I want you to understand the mindset of the dark occult. And people don't understand what Satanism is at all. All of the images that it conveys when you say Satanism to people have almost zero to do with what Satanism really is. And people have to understand, in an organization like the Church of Satan and in the dark occult in general, every single aspect of culture is represented. You have people of every persuasion, in every institution. You have people of every nationality. You have people in every country participating in this ideology. Because that's what it is. It's an ideology. We're looking for quote, groups of people to blame this or that on. The thing that's holding all of this control system together is an ideology. And the problem is people can't identify or pinpoint the tenets of that ideology. You want to understand what the tenets of that ideology is? Read this book, The Satanic Bible. Read other works by LaVey. Read the uh, books that have been put out by the Temple of Set by Michael Aquino. 
And go back to the podcast where I talked about their ideology, where I talked about their religion. I believe it was podcast number 71, if I'm not mistaken. Check out all the works that I posted there as well on the podcast page. And then you'll have a clue at who you're really dealing with. And again, it transcends all aspects. You know, people think it's all this group, that group. It's none of that. It's the, it's the dark occultists who hold this ideology and who have inherited ancient knowledge about how the human psyche operates. Therefore, they know everything that they need to know how to control it. Part of it is starting infighting by people who think they know something, who have done a tiny bit of research, made up their minds about something, don't have any insider perspective, like a lot of people do who have been trying to come forward and tell people how this operates, and think they know it all. And you know what they are? They are know-nothings. Again, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. Drink deeply or taste not the Pyrian spring. There, shallow drafts intoxicate the brain. And drinking deeply sobers us again. See, this is a, an allegory about people who think they have it all figured out when they haven't really done their homework. They haven't really understood what the power structure is about. They haven't really understood what this ideology that's keeping people under their control is all about and its main tenets. And they go off and find a little microcosm and say, this is the whole thing. It's all the Freemasons. It's all the Catholics. It's all the uh, Jewish conspiracy. And this is all little, tiny, baby children who think they know when they've done a little bit of digging and they haven't seen the big picture. There's people of every single persuasion in life involved in the dark occult. Every one. Every nationality. Every race. Every religion. Every aspect of life. Every culture. Every country. And all it ultimately boils down to is the people who they're getting to do their bidding are the ones who are really putting people into these chains. So you want to understand the group who's really doing it, you need to change the mindset of the military and police and get them out of this satanic ideology that they bought. Wholesale, they bought it. We are asleep. Stay asleep. Obey. When he looks at it with his eyes, it's what we see. When he looks at it with the sunglasses, we see the same things all the way through. The subliminal symbolically you couldn't see. Obey, no independent thought. Don't think of yourself. I wear my sunglasses as night. Too few people have their they live sunglasses on for those people who have seen and understand that allegory. There's too few people with their sunglasses on. They can't see through it. Because the dark occult is cleverly constructed so that people never really figure it out and understand how it works and they go to their grave a slave. Let's get back into the symbolism here. Image 29 shows the inverted pentagram. Let's hear what Anton LaVey, the high priest of the Church of Satan before he passed in the late 90s, had to say about it. This is also called the Baphomet, remember. This symbol is called the Baphomet, the goat of Mendez. 
the Baphomet represents the, quoting from LaVey now, quote, the Baphomet represents the powers of darkness combined with the generative fertility of the goat. In its, quote, pure form, the pentagram is shown encompassing the figure of a man in the five points of the star. Three points up, two pointing down, symbolizing man's spiritual nature. And there in image number 30, you see that image. In its pure form, the pentagram is shown encompassing the figure of a man in the five points of the star, three up and two down, symbolizing man's spiritual nature. The three up representing the Trinity, thought, emotion, and action. The two down representing duality. Opposition, us versus them mentality, divide and conquer that people are constantly falling for because they're duped. Image number 31, LaVey continues. In Satanism, the pentagram is also used, but since Satanism represents the carnal instincts of man... Listen to what he's saying. Satanism represents the carnal instincts of man. Man as beast. Man as no different than an animal. Given to all the carnal animal passions. Live like a beast in the field. Don't use your, don't connect with your higher self. Don't use the higher part of the brain. Live in the R complex of the brain. Live in base consciousness. This is the ideology of Satanism. That's why it's ruling the world, ladies and gentlemen. And again, the, the Luciferians who are higher level than the Satanists, they're putting this ideology out there for people to subscribe to. They know that's what's going to lead the world into more chaos so that they can take advantage of that chaos and come out in control. And people are buying into it. We have a satanic culture. The values that are propagated in Western civilization are based in Satanism. Whether you want to call it that or not, whether you want to admit it that or not, you can look at all of the tenets, the ideological tenets that we live by. They are satanic. Because they're based on me first. Whoever I have to step on to get mine... I'm willing to do it. Who cares about the other guy? This is all satanic ideology. Satanism is, is, more, is more of an ideology than it is a religion. I would certainly call it a religion because I know the real definition of religion, that which holds us back, that which thwarts us from forward progress is what a religion is from the Latin religare, meaning to tie back, to hold back, to thwart from forward progress, which is where the word came from. True religion unites. It brings us together with our higher self. It ties us back to the truth, spiritual law, which I'm going to start calling natural law, spiritual law, because the term natural is so hijacked by macrobiological Darwinian nonsense and people who subscribe to that garbage, that 
the word natural is, has been destroyed in the English language. You can't use the word natural without people thinking of Charles Darwin, apparently. This is the first term that seems to come to mind. You know, Darwinian evolution, when you say the word natural, the natural world, the natural order of things, Darwin comes to mind from people who have been indoctrinated by the left-brained propaganda system called schooling. So you can't even use the word natural because people don't understand what that word means anymore. It's a destroyed, that part of the language is destroyed in humanity. So I'd like to start referring to, to natural law as I've been calling it and other people have been calling it throughout time as simply spiritual law because that's what it is. It's the law that governs everything that happens based on our choices of behavior. And that's a spiritual law that's in operation. Let's go back to LaVey's words here regarding the inverted pentagram. Satanism, since Satanism represents the carnal instincts of man or the opposite of spiritual nature, the pentagram is inverted to perfectly accommodate the head of the goat. Its horns representing duality. There's those two dual points pointing upward in the primary position reigning above that trinity. He says, representing duality, thus thrust upwards in defiance. The other three points inverted or the trinity denied. And LaVey is not talking about the trinity of the Christian trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's talking about the real trinity that that is allegorically representing. Thoughts, emotions, and actions, or mind, body, spirit. The trinity that resides within us. And again, we've looked at how that is the father-son-spirit connection. It's the sacred family of father-mother-child, male-child, because that's our actions, the product of our thoughts and our emotions, one being a masculine and one being a feminine force, one being an outward, one being a, an inward force. So LaVey is explaining that this symbol is used to represent the inversion of man's spiritual nature and keeping him in beast consciousness, carnal instincts only, reactive mind only, lower base brain only, where people can be ruled from because that's fear-driven, that's separation-driven. So let's look at how the five-pointed star is used when it comes to military. We see it here in image 32. The U.S. Army represents a single upward-pointing five-pointed star. Why? They are trying to associate the army with something that is spiritually good with something that represents sovereignty. Man being in the, the mode of consciousness of being in the world but not of it, embodying the spiritual nature that is his true nature. But this is nothing like what the army really presents, really represents. They're giving you this symbol as a proxy to try to psychologically tell you that this is what it's about. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about the dark occult mockery of the military and police. You can follow along with the slideshow at whatonearthishappening.com. Click the radio show page. If you're listening via the podcast, this is show number 114. We're on image number 32, showing the symbol of sovereignty, the upright pentagram, being associated with the U.S. Army. There's a reason this is done. It is to put the idea in someone's mind that the Army represents the same thing that the archetypal image of the upward-pointing star does, which is sovereignty, which is man in his equilibrium in his balanced form being in the world and not of it uniting his thoughts emotions and actions conquering duality and this has nothing to do with the United States Army any of these concepts this is a proxy symbolic proxy It means you're giving someone the fake thing. You're giving someone something that represents what they want in their mind and heart. But in reality, you didn't really give them that thing. you've You've given them an image of it, a fake semblance of it, an idol. And that's how this is being used. You're presenting them with the star which says sovereign, divine, um, spiritual, un- uh, truly united, not in opposition anymore. And the army will bring none of those things to the individual. The symbol is there to sucker them in because the, the subconscious already understands what this symbol represents archetypally. And therefore it's drawn to it, especially someone who deep down in their subconscious and in their psychological makeup knows they don't have any of those things. They're the most drawn to it. Those who are the most dual, those who are the most divided within themselves. That's why golem creatures like they are go into these aspects of institutional bodies in the world, particularly in the police institutions. Often people who have been former military and are traumatized, have PTSD, all kinds of other disorders and psychological problems. And they they take them right in anymore and into other institutions like the TSA. Image number 33 shows another example of the symbol of the upward pointing star representing sovereignty, representing spiritual nature. How it is used. Here's a recruiting poster for the army. With Uncle Sam. With the hat. With the star. It's a band of stars around the brain. You're going to see this motif repeated over and over again. Again, projecting the idea. You will be sovereign. You will be enlightened. You will have the spiritual nature awoken within you. Come and join us. We can give you all of those things. When in fact, it's nothing of the kind. And again, put look at the position on the forehead. You'll see this repeated over and over again. Actually, like 
between the forehead and the top of the head. It's right between the third eye chakra and the crown chakra, the highest centers of spiritual activity at the top of the brain, the prefrontal cortex and the very top of the brain. The part of the brain known as the neocortex. So again, they're giving you a proxy. Come to us, join up with us. You'll get all the things you subconsciously crave because they know what that symbol means. They know what it represents. They know how it speaks to the subconscious and to the human psyche. But your average moron dolt out there does not. That's why they're so readily susceptible to this kind of subconscious symbolic proxy Um, reeling in. You're reeling in someone through a symbolic proxy that goes to work on the subconscious mind and the human psyche because the subconscious already recognizes the true meaning of an archetypal symbol. How it is intended to be used. They're not doing this by accident. These symbols aren't chosen just randomly and by accident. They know what they're doing. Look at the five-star general's arrangement of stars. Again, used as a symbol of spirituality and sovereignty. But see, what people have to understand in this image number 34, this is uh, one of the animations, I believe this is the first animation in the series, is that what what you have to look for in much of the imagery and symbolism that is put forward by these groups is the negative space or the hidden geometries. So if you look at the arrangement of this symbol, really what you're seeing is one large inverted pentagram. Again, duality. They're giving you the five small ones in an arrangement of a pentagon, pentagonally arranged. But if you look at what the joining of all of these um, creates, it creates one large inverted pentagram in the negative space. So you can see that in this um, animated GIF image, which is number 34. We can look at the symbol of the Air Force in image number 35, which also incorporates an upward pointing star. All of these have actually been upward pointing so far, you'll take note, because they're selling people on the idea of sovereignty and spiritual nature to reel them into groups like this. See, there's always hidden aspects to the symbol. In the Air Force symbol, you have to look at the darker areas, take them by themselves and isolate them. You can see the image of the star in the middle, okay? But if you isolate the darker areas within the image, a clear picture emerges, and this is the face of a demon, The Air Force symbol is the face of an angry demonic entity with its eyes turned upward, horns. I mean, it looks like the face of the traditional depiction of Satan or a similar demon. And again, people say, oh, it's just a set of wings. It's not a set of wings. It has teeth. There's a nose in the middle horns, what you could look at as brow ridges above the eyes, 
again, turned downward in a, in a sneer or a snarl. In the last slide of that animated GIF number 35, you can see that transformation when you isolate the light space around it so you could look at it in an isolated way. If you step back from the screen even, it becomes very apparent. Just look at that, you know, remove U.S. Air Force from it so you wouldn't know that that's that symbol. If you just put those few colored patches anywhere else, if you posted that up to someone who had never seen this image before, they would say, what's the demon face about? And don't tell me that they wouldn't because that's exactly what they would say. Just because you know it's the Air Force, the mind wants to say, oh, that's not what it is. That's what the ego wants to say. And that's exactly what it is. Image number 36 is the first example where we're seeing the actual usage of the inverted pentagram, blatantly and out in the open, with the Victoria Police emblem. We'll pick up the analysis of some of this occult symbolism as it is used in the police and military institutions on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening? Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, talking about the occult mockery of police and military personnel. We're on slide number 36 on the What on Earth is Happening.com radio show page. This is the symbol of the police force, the emblem of the police force of Victoria, Australia. And the inverted pentagram can be clearly seen. The British crown of the queen is above the points of duality. And the banner below the inverted pentagram says uphold the right. And I would suggest that this has zero to do with the rights of people in the city of Victoria or anywhere in Australia or anywhere in the world for that matter. And this is all about upholding the divine right to rule. That's why there's the British Queen's crown up above the pentagram. Well, they're clearly upholding the crown, that right. They're not upholding your rights. They're doing everything they can to dominate and control and put people's rights down and uphold the rights of the so-called monarch, the sovereign being a queen, hold those rights up, the divine right to rule, as it is claimed by tyrants, megalomaniacs, kings and queens the world over, no matter what time or place, psychopaths, in other words, who think they're God, and yes, these people will take an oath to the queen and say that they'll do anything she tells them to do. The chain of obedience. Blatantly putting the inverted pentagram right there. And this often is right on their third eye. They'll wear it, you know, in their hats 
as a badge, etc. The Military Medal of Valor in image number 37 is shown what I call one of the most satanic and dark occult laden pieces of symbolism that I've ever seen. All in one thing, all in one design. So this symbol requires some prerequisite knowledge to understand. So I will get to that later in the presentation uh, on dark occult symbolism uh, related to the mockery of police and military, but I just want to point out the inverted pentagram there as the main part of the medal of valor, clearly shown, the inverted pentagram with the face of liberty, the goddess, in the middle of the inverted pentagram. Again, put into the middle of a symbol which represents the destruction of spirit, the destruction of the goddess. And, you know, we haven't even talked about the symbolism over this in the ribbon part of the metal with the trapezoid, with the octagon, and then with the star um, pattern that is shown. I'll be getting to that later, and I have an animated uh, image later on in the slideshow. But I just wanted to point out the inverted pentagram for now. We'll get to the other parts of the symbol of this Medal of Valor later. It's, it's basically them giving their dog a nice little trinket. You know, here, we've prepared this nice little trinket for you, dog. We're completely calling you a complete fool and a and an animal and a person under complete mind control responsible for the destruction of the human spirit. But here, take it and pin it on yourself anyway in pride. You did such a good job doing those things for us. Well done. Image number 38 shows the pattern in the street plan of Washington, D.C., directly above, directly north of the White House. The White House is at the very base of that fifth point of the pentagram in the street system. And people always have something to say about this image because, oh, there's one part of it that isn't complete. There's one part that's broken. Yeah, all the other parts of the pentagram in place, but why did they leave this one arm broken like that? Why doesn't it connect in the, in the uh, lower left-hand um, arm of the pentagram? You see, I've represented that by a dotted line. And this shows people's ignorance of the occult. It shows people's ignorance of the occult, of their traditions, of their stories, of their initiate, uh, in, uh, initiative traditions, all of it. Because for anyone looking at an image so blatant as the pentagram that is inscribed into the street system of Washington, D.C., for it not to jump out massively and attack you in the face with its implications, means you know nothing about the occult. By definition, that someone can't immediately recognize the meaning of that symbol, by definition, I can tell they've had no understanding or no initiation into any occult systems whatsoever. For anyone who has, that symbol is pretty clear. It's as clear as day. This is known as a Faustian pentagram, also known as a pentagram or pentacle of pacts, P-A-C-T-S, pact, 
like a, an agreement, a deal, a pact, okay? The Faustian pentagram is also known in different occult systems as the sign of the cloven hoof, or in other words, the hoof of a goat, which we've already seen associated with Satanism. It is called the footprint of the devil. The devil is supposed to be a goat or bull-like creature. In tr classical depictions, I'm not saying that's what it is. Don't get my words twisted. I'm saying that's how it has often been depicted, allegorically, through symbol. The Faustian pentagram is also known as the Goat of Mendez and the pentagram of pacts. The pentagram of pacts. So I'm going to read something from the writings of occult researcher and high-level mason Manley P. Hall. Here's what he had to say about this type of pentagram. This is image number 39 now. Quote, the pentagram is used extensively in black magic, but when so used, its form always differs in one of three ways. So, okay, the pentagram represents one thing in its pure form, but when it's used in dark occultic ways, what he calls black magic, quote unquote, okay, he's saying that it, the form will take a different variation. It will be used in one of three differing ways. The star may, and here's the three ways, the star may be broken at one point by not permitting the converging lines to touch. Two, it may be inverted, having one point down and two points up. Or three, it may be distorted by having the points of varying lengths. Now, anyone looking at this image can immediately tell all three of these circumstances are present in the Washington, D.C. pentagram that exists above the White House. It is a skewed or distorted pentagram. It is inverted, meaning the north side is has the two points up and the south side has the three points down with the spiritual uh, aspect thrust down into the White House building that's at the very bottom of the symbol itself. And it also has the broken arm. All three of these things that Hall, who is an occultist himself, talks about being used for dark occult purposes. Continuing to quote Hall, he says, when used in black magic, the pentagram is called the, quote, sign of the cloven hoof or, quote, the footprint of the devil. The star with two points upward can also be called is also called the goat of Mendez because the inverted star is the same shape as a goat's head. We've already seen how that is used in the emblem of the Church of Satan. When the upright star turns and the upper point falls to the bottom, it signifies the fall of the morning star. Now what does he mean by that? The morning star is referred to as Lucifer. Venus is the morning star associated with the concept of Lucifer. Lucifer means light bringer, the bearer of the light. In other words, the inverted pentagram symbolizes the fall of light into darkness. In other words, the destruction of knowledge 
that leads people into ignorance and ultimately into enslavement. Light is associated with knowledge in almost all occult traditions. So what he really means here is it symbolizes the fall of knowledge, the ushering in of spiritual darkness into man. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is the last segment for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I'm going to try to wrap up the section on the pentagram and leave the all-seeing eye for next week. So, let's jump right back into some of Manly P. Hall's uh, interpretations of the inverted pentagram used for ceremonial magic. See, the name Faust comes from uh, some of the writings of the uh, uh, German author uh, Goethe. And if we take a look at Goethe's Faust, we'll understand what was intended by this pentagram of pacts. Okay, so Faust is the pro- the reason it's called a Faustian pentagram. It comes from this classic German legend that was written by. Uh, it's not written by Goethe. It's actually much older than that. Goethe just penned one. Um, incarnation of the story of Faust. It's probably the best known version, okay? Uh, But it's a much older tale. So Faust was a highly successful scholar, very well learned individual, but he hated his life and he wanted uh, to have more riches. He wanted to have, you know, a better position in life, etc. So he makes, he conjures Demons. He conjures the devil, if you will, and makes a deal with him. With him, exchange, and he exchanges his soul for knowledge and worldly desires. That's the story of Faust in a nutshell. He makes a pact with the devil. That's why this is called the pentagram of pacts, the Faustian pentagram. So the meaning of Faustian has been uh, reinterpreted over time, but. In general, Faustian is used to describe an arrangement in which an an ambitious person surrenders moral integrity in order to achieve worldly power and success. Think about this, folks. An ambitious person, okay, who wants worldly power and success. Does that sound like the President of the United States? Why this pentagram would be placed directly above and leading into the White House? He surrenders moral integrity to achieve worldly power and success. That's what Faustian means. It is the proverbial deal with the devil. So, Manly P. Hall also talked about this when it comes to ceremonial magic. And then I want to read you a couple of lines from Goethe's version of Faust to help you to understand also how this pentagram of Pacts is used. Manly P. Hall from The Secret Teachings of All Ages said, Some understanding of the intricate theory and practice of ceremonial magic may be derived from a brief consideration of its underlying premises. First, 
The visible universe has an invisible counterpart, the higher planes of which are peopled by good and beautiful spirits, the lower planes by dark and foreboding, and the habitat uh, the lower planes are dark and foreboding and are the habitat of evil spirits and demons under the leadership of the fallen angels. Second, by means of the secret process of cer ceremonial magic, it is possible to contact these creatures, these invisible creatures, and gain their help in some human undertaking. Good spirits willingly lend their assistance to any worthy enterprise, but evil spirits serve only those who live to pervert and to destroy. Third, it is possible to make contracts or pacts with such spirits, whereby the magician becomes, for a stipulated time, the master of an elemental being. For a stipulated time, the master of an elemental being. Fourth, True black magic is performed with the age of a, <coughs> of a demonic spirit who serves the sorcerer for the length of his earthly life with the understanding that after the death of the magician shall become the servant of his own demon. For this reason, a black magician will go to inconceivable ends to prolong his physical life since there is nothing for him beyond the grave. Does that sound like the transhumanist mentality who want to go into machines, take their consciousness into machines because they know that they've sold their soul? And I'm not telling you that it definitely is that way. I'm telling you, look at it in conjunction with what, with what is really going on in the world. This is these people's belief systems, the people who are really at the highest levels of control in the world. Whether you believe it or not, this is their belief system. The most dangerous form of black magic is the scientific perversion of occult power for the gratification of personal desire. Manly P. Hall. I'll read that again. Listen to this. The most dangerous form of black magic is the scientific perversion of occult power, and I would use the term occult knowledge, for the gratification of personal desires. Is this what is taking place? Of course. You better believe it is. So that's what Hall has to say on the, t the topic of an inverted pentagram or a pentagram of Pax, a Faustian pentagram, and this is what he's talking about what Faustian is all about is making a pact with other non-corporeal entities, possibly other dimensional entities. In Goethe's Faust, written in 1808, Mephistopheles was able to enter into Faust's study because Faust's pentagram was poorly made. One of its angles was broken, letting the devil in letting this demon named Mephistopheles in to his study. See, this is about bringing something that is negative, bringing a negative energy or a demonic energy into some place. This is why it's put into the executive branch. It's placed above the executive branch, where the place where a dictator would likely to, be, to rise from that branch of government. There's a reason this was placed here, okay? Mephistopheles says, now I'm going to read a couple of lines from Faust, from Goethe's Faust. 
Mephistopheles says, let me own up. I cannot go away. A little hindrance bids me to stay. The witch's foot upon your sill I see. Witch's foot, or in other words, footprint of the devil. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about the pentagram that Faust inscribed as a, as a uh, mechanism of protection in this ceremonial magic that he was conducting. Faust replies, the pentagram, that's in your way? You, son of hell, explain to me, if that stays you, how came you in today? In other words, he's saying, if this is preventing you from leaving, how did you get here? And Mephistopheles says, observe it closely. It is not well made. One angle on the outer side of it is just a little open as you see. So this suggests that while the pentagram is generally understood to be a tool for protection, keeping evil off, keeping it at bay, okay, to ward off or keep evil at bay, a broken pentagram is a symbol of invocation, asking something to come in. It is also a symbol of capturing or containment, a symbolic means of control. The broken pentagram, the Faustian pentagram, a means of a symbol of invocation, capturing, containment, and control. Those are the things it symbolizes. In other words, the open pentagram is a snare for the spirit. And I think I've made my point that this is no accident. People say, make it a point to debunk this by the, the open arm. That's the crux of the symbol, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't a regular inverted pentagram. It's a Faustian pentagram. But again, non-initiants to any occult knowledge would have no idea of that at all. Because they don't read. Because they don't read. And once again, you can see in image number uh, 40, the pentagon being the symbol of force, violence, I should say, really, as the heart of America's, quote, defenses, but it's the heart of our aggression, really, is the center of the pentagram, specifically when it is inverted, as you can see in image number 41. We're going to pick up with the very end of the pentagram symbolism on the other side, and then we'll move on to other symbolism next week. Remember, only two mistakes you can make on the path to truth, not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you next week, folks.